Welcome to Subsy Life. Conscious living with, with a, a twist. twist. My name is Faison Sadzali and I'm a technology consultant. And I'm Dr. Syra, and I'm a psychotherapist who works with people who want to bring in their cultural values and spiritual beliefs into therapy. Are you done laughing at me so we can continue? <laughs> we could actually continue with the recording today. This Syra. is our third take because we keep laughing at each other. So we're going to try not to. I'm not laughing at you. No, I'm laughing at you. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm... I was trying to be kind instead of laughing I, at each other. I am being professional. Right. You are not. So can we join in here? In your t-shirt and dress pants. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see what I'm wearing. That's now okay. they know, but now they know. <laughs> All right. So, Sire, what, what, <laughs> we're not doing it on the take, so this is what you guys are getting. <laughs> what, uh, what I want to talk to you about is something that's come up recently with our own kids mm-hmm. is managing their emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, while we're locked, locked in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but beyond that, beyond uh, just whatever's happening with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they have these emotional uh, moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things that's come up recently is our son is about to lose some of his friends that he's been friends for five, six years, going to the same school, but they're graduating. They're, they're, they were a year or two years ahead of him, and they're graduating, mm-hmm. moving on. And that's an emotional time. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember that. I remember those moments. Uh, you know, I've moved, uh, of course, leaving school, but leaving a country behind mm-hmm. and uh, moving across the world. Uh, losing those friends and not being able to make friends or not having the uh, not having the confidence to make new friends right and and those though that experience has you know kind of gone into adulthood where I have difficulty actually making i i can I'm very friendly with a lot of people mm-hmm. but not very close with many right yeah right yeah. I'm very close to a few I keep everyone at a distance. Well, I used to working on that mm-hmm. and letting people in now more and more uh, as I grow older and older and older. His beard's getting really white. Thanks. So, what I want to talk to you about, <laughs> if you can kind of share some of the things about trauma mm-hmm. or this word trauma. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's associated with uh, some tough uh, events in. In, in our lives, right? Uh, whether that could be a, uh, could be an assault, it could be uh, uh, dealing with violence uh, mm-hmm. in or outside of the homes. But how do how do those types of moments mm-hmm. impact us as children? Impact our children? Impact us as we grow up? How do those moments that are not violent, but you know that are like, oh yeah, it's okay, part if, of life, uh, yeah, part of what we call part of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll just get through it. Right. How do they actually impact us? So those us kind as... of milestones and transitions. Yeah. Well, how, how do those moments impact us as we grow old? So that's a really good question. And when people talk about childhood trauma, um, one of the things that Dr. Gabor Mate talks about is how 
a trauma becomes a trauma because there was no one to talk to about it. Um, so if, you know, somebody can have a difficult experience, but if they had caring and attentive adults there who they could speak to about it, specifically parents, then they're, I mean, they still might have a difficult time. It still might be a traumatic event, but they're not traumatized for the rest of their lives, right? They're able to move through it. And this expands to beyond just those big, awful things, like if you think of a car accident or some sort of childhood illness or these big things, but other things like what you're describing, right, with, with our son's new social context that he's going to be going into school with in September. So if, and, and you know, you and I last night at dinner, we're not sure why he was so upset, right? We had to kind of dig and he wasn't talking to us. And, and part of the, I think the art of parenting is knowing your kid, right? And so spending the time when they're not in crisis to get to know them. So then when they are in crisis, you can use their language. And so with him, like, we didn't know what was wrong with him. And so I just started, first, we were talking about it at the kitchen table, and we had some guests and um, who have been self-quarantining, what is it, isolating, social, anyway, we're all in the house together, me and my sister and her partner and her wife and me and Faison and the kids. So there's a group of us here. And so we were all at the table. And I was like, come on, tell us what's wrong. Tell us what's wrong. Don't sit there and sulk and this and that. And and so then finally I took him upstairs and I had to do some guessing. I said, is it that you're feeling bad because of this? And he just, he just cried. And his cry was his yes, right? He couldn't speak. And then later on, as he was coming down, I also said to him, you know, I was at a line, like putting you on the spot there in front of everyone. And I'm really sorry I did that. And again, he cried. And so I have to kind of give him the words especially for boys, especially boys in their preteen and teen years, because they run out of words. They have these emotions. And one of the things I said to him was, is it that you're feeling something, but you can't really describe it? And that was another big cry, right? So as parents, knowing our kids, giving them language for articulating, that will help prevent those feelings like I have no one to talk to about this, right? He could have really, he could have gone to bed last night, not said anything, just been in an angry, grumpy mood. And we would have just, you know, we would have woke up in the morning and things would have been fine. But he would have had to, he would have had something heavy that he couldn't share the burden with us. Yeah. So that's kind of, let's kind of go there, right? Mm -hmm. What does that actually look like? Because we've all been told, or uh, maybe not all, a lot of us have been told, You'll get through this. Suck it up. Suck it up. You'll get through it's it. It's part of life. It's part of life. But how does it actually impact, right? Because these are, it's like a pebble, the ocean, right? Well, so like, how would this event impact him in the long run? Yeah, yeah. What what would, what have you seen with your clients where small things like this, what we consider small, mm-hmm. have big impact? Can you give us some examples of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having... Uh, maybe nobody to talk to, what would that actually look like as you grow older? Yeah, so that's a good question. And and this is something that, this is the, the one of the foundations of talk therapy, right? Is that we we look at why these current behaviors are happening the way they are. And usually they're rooted in something that happened to the person within the first 10 years of life, most often the first five years of life. And so... You know, I'm just thinking of examples. Of course, I want to keep client confidentiality. So maybe I'll just speak about my own experience. Um, You know, when I was really young, a couple years old, maybe two and a half, three, um, my 
brother was born around when I was about two. And then my mom and her sister decided that her second baby, while my mom, after my mom delivered her second baby, that my sister, my mom's sister would actually adopt that baby. And there's various reasons for this. And um, some of it had to do with, you know, my dad was in, was really depressed and not really safe around kids. And at that time, and my mom, you know, they just couldn't afford another child and my mom's sister couldn't conceive. So they had this plan that, okay, he'll, he'll be adopted by her sister in another country. And so they sent my brother away. Now, nobody explained that to me as a three-year-old, right? Just one day I woke up and my baby brother was just gone. And so the impact of that, right, is that I, I have this deep fear of people leaving me without explanation. It happened again when my, when I was 10 years old and my dad left my mom and, you know, he just one day came and we, there was a big fight the night before. And then the next day he came to school and took us out for lunch and told us that he was leaving my mom and that was it. And so this, this reoccurring theme in my life of the people who are the dearest to me leaving. And so it shows up in my relationship with Faison sometimes, right? That I feel like sometimes I have to, um, restrain myself or not not show him certain parts of me because I'm afraid that he might leave me just like these other people in my life left me so that's an example of of something and it's you know I was three years old like what difference does it make and so where that came up for me was actually at a personal growth workshop where I had a memory of of that moment when he came back when my little brother came back and I had this this is a a memory that I had carried for a long time where you know, this little boy is crying and he doesn't know who we are and he's calling for his mom and my mom can't console him and my dad's shouting and I'm crying and like just the chaos. And that's my first memory of life, right? right? That chaos, that pain, that longing, that abandonment, that betrayal, all of those things as my first life memory. And so that's going to be my template, right? Yeah. Of how I live the rest of my life. That's going to be like, this is the foundation for the life that I then develop. Can I can I actually get you down to a, even a smaller problem? Because that you know your brother uh, leaving is a big event, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe term- not a common event. Yeah, maybe yeah. not a common event. But right. and and not to say that any any event like we're, we're, we can compare uh, an impact of an event. Uh, pain is one pain. Versus, yeah, right? pain is pain exactly. Yeah. So if you know, um, like our son. If he didn't have anyone to talk to. Right. Like I didn't at three. Like I didn't. Or 10. Or you didn't. Like I didn't. Right. Or at least I didn't feel like I could talk about uh, these events happening in my life without my permission. Right. (laughs) Uh, Without my control on it. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, he he no longer can be, have access to his friends. Right. His friendships, uh, the, the friendships that he's well, if you invested don't, so much if time If you don't into. have anyone to talk to, what yeah. happens is you learn to figure it out on your own. Right. But what, yeah. So what are the kind of the impacts uh, in relationships? Yeah. That you so, see so, so you learn to figure it out on your own and you become an adult who becomes self-reliant and independent. And then when you try to couple up with someone, you can't open up, right? You right. can't give your heart. You can't trust. You can't share. So many of the people who come to my office, like, so many who have relationship problems. So I see the individuals, right? I don't see the couple, but I'll see the person who's kind of wanting to do something about it. They'll say, they just don't communicate. They just don't know how to talk to me. They just don't know how to share their feelings. And these undoubtedly are things that happen in childhood where there wasn't a safe, 
that was never demonstrated. Yeah. They didn't learn how to do that at a really young age because children were seen and not heard. Children's problems weren't seen as relevant. Like yesterday, what? We missed a games night, right? So that we could, <laughs> we could talk to our son. And, and, you know, our parents wouldn't have done that. Our parents would have sent us to bed and yeah. continued on with their lives because they didn't think that our... This isn't to... Uh, one thing I want to be clear, right? Because a lot of what I see is uh, we talk about it talk about this particular topic mm -hmm. in our conversations on this podcast, mm -hmm. on your videos, mm -hmm. other places. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about uh, these types of issues where it always kind of goes back to childhood right. and our parents. Right. And this isn't, make sure, right? Like Because as a parent now, even with all this education that we have. We're going to mess up our kids. You've got a PhD in this. Yeah. And we still mess up. All the time. So it's not to guilt our parents or no. or the or you as a parent, right. right? Any any anybody that's listening in, it's not to shame us to say. It's just to notice that these are the pattern. Right. It's not to say because we haven't been taught this. These aren't and, things. And that, our parents didn't have this information. They didn't have the science, right? Like when even forty if they years did ago, have the science, but even yeah. I mean, forty years ago, we didn't realize about how the the child brain develops. Um, as far as infancy and the first five years, and we didn't know the impact of trauma. We didn't know about attachment. I mean, some people did, but it wasn't mainstream knowledge, right? It wasn't part of the parenting conversation to say when a child is acting out, they need you. They need you to be steady. They need you to be there for them. They need you to help them un figure out how to regulate themselves. Our parents didn't learn that. They no. were never told that. And, and, and as a parent now, right? Whatever our parents did, they did the best they could with the information. Absolutely. And the cir what the circumstances, circumstances. allowed. Right. Right. A lot of a lot of our, the parents that we know mm -hmm. of our parents' generation were immigrants just trying to survive. Uh, and in some Working cases, all kinds of yeah, jobs. they were surviving wars. Right. And they were surviving uh, their own childhood traumas. Right. Right. And their traumas were, you know, bomb, bombs being dropped on their homes. All of those things that that uh, were being dealt with. Now, as a parent, mm -hmm. what are the things we can do? To make sure we are, as you said, available for. Well, we have to face our own stuff, right? We have to be willing to look at our own childhoods. Because what will happen, what we found happens, is that there's this intergenerational pattern. And so, you know, I had pain at 10 years old with my dad leaving. My son, who's 10 years old, is having this pain with his best friends leaving, right? Different story, but same pain. I mean, not the same pain. A dad, a father's different than friends, but yeah. it's the same kind of same experience, yeah. right? In some ways, yeah. Speak, speak about that a little bit. I mean, for a couple of minutes on this concept of passing our pain onto our children. What well, is that about? Well, if we can't, what happens is that we we do the best we can, just like our parents did, with the knowledge that we have. If we're not self-aware, um. See, how do I so explain? Can, so can children... I just stop you there for a second? Huh. It's not just that we have a lot of knowledge. I'm not going to speak about you and me, but you and me specifically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of concept. You do a lot of reading. Yeah. Uh, so we have the knowledge. Yet we, we continue putting ourselves in situations with our children where we are not available. I guess it's more it's more of a like an esoteric concept, like a spiritual concept almost. It's like if we don't learn our lessons, we pass those lessons on for our children to learn them. 
And I've, I've seen this in a very practical way in my therapy practice. So it's not about information. It's actually no, about it's experience, about, exactly. experiential. It's about healing. It's about healing, right? If we can't feel it, if we can't heal it, we simply pass it on. And ask parents, like when you talk to parents, and if, once they get that, they make all the connections of like, oh my goodness. And many people actually come to counseling once they become parents because they were fine until, you know, their four-year-old started acting out and they couldn't even control the rage that came out of them. They're like, where did that come from? Or what's happening? Why can't I? And it's all of those repressed things from when we were younger that we didn't have a place to put. And now when our four-year-old is doing what we were never allowed to do, all of these feelings come up, right? So um, I, I don't really know if that there's a better way to explain it. In, but all I can say is, I mean, an example. Okay, let's use an example. So with the First Nations people in Canada, for example. Here's a generation of people who are raised in these residential schools, right? What lessons are they getting in those residential schools? The lessons are um, your own culture is there's yeah. something wrong with you just you by the you're not good enough. The very fact that you're not born in a particular skin color in a particular religion, therefore you're not good enough. Um, your traditions are dangerous or whatever evil. So there's this whole generation that's raised with this teaching. This is the teaching that they were raised with. They were taken away from their parents. They were put inside, people who had been living with the land, put inside these very un, <laughs> unsanitary spaces. And that was the message. So here these children for you know, 10, 15 years are living in circumstances that degrade them. Now they're going to grow up and they're going to become parents. But how can you give love if you've never been given love? How can you give compassion if no one's ever shown you compassion? So it's for us. And, and, and you know, this is one of the things I know I'm dedicated to is working on myself as I work with my own son and my daughter is understanding where, where those holes are and, in and me to fill those holes there's this this story that comes to mind that i heard about uh somebody was i don't remember who what the context was but she was describing um there's a program for um con fathers who have been convicted of crimes and who are in prison and then who have babies on the outside or children on the outside and they're teaching these dads how to be better parents so that when they come back into society they have some tools and so they'd actually meet with their babies and their children and have these classes in it was in a prison program and so the woman talking about it she said you know the scene that she paints is there's this man and he's like strong and he's got all these tattoos and he's got a head bandana and he's like he's a tough guy and he's holding his you know five six month old baby and he says will i be able to love him when nobody loved me right and for many of us our kids are the first source of unconditional love that we've experienced, right? And so it's through that child's love that that father's healing began because children will love you unconditionally. You can treat them like shit and they will still love you, right? To a, to a certain age. Yeah. And so, but that awareness that like, I've got to work three times as hard, 10 times as hard as other dads because I was never given it. So now as an adult, I have to heal that. I have to be able to love myself, give myself that so that one day I can give it to my kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll, uh, are there tools uh, that our listeners can, can leverage as they work through 
their own inner stories, inner childhood. Well, I think that adverse childhood experience study, did I mention that? You did. Yeah, so that would be one. I mean, don't look, the study is not that important, but there's a TED Talk that summarizes the study really well, so maybe we can put a link to that somewhere. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Um, if you want, if you're a reader, a great book around around how to parent from this perspective. It's called "Hold On to Your Kids: uh, Why Parents Need to Matter More Than Peers" by Dr. Gordon Newfeld. If you're interested more in the the intergenerational piece for yourself, for example, um, there's a book called "In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts," and that book talks about trauma and addiction and how um, childhood trauma actually is the root cause. Of of addiction, addictive behaviors, whether that's addiction that's you know severe um, substance addiction or addiction to food or shopping or whatever, really beautiful book, hard to read, but a lot of good insight uh, by Dr. Gabor Mate. So lots of reading. Um, the resources are out there and they're endless. And I think the first step would be to start writing, journaling, either physically with the you know with a pen and paper or verbally journaling, you know, recording your um, your your questionings and your curiosities about how certain effects certain impacts are left over from childhood events just even listing you know 10 events from your childhood that you think have formed you and then exploring that on your own right and of course you can work with a therapist you can join groups there's all sorts of support but getting curious is i think the first step great uh, so yeah i think we'll we'll end this conversation uh here uh subscribe to our podcast subzy live uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, the link will be available in the description. Uh, as well as uh, comment, like connect with us. Let us know what you want to talk, what do you, what you want us to talk about. Uh, there are other topics uh, that you want to learn more about. Uh, talk to us about your childhood and, and, you know, the positive and the somewhat of the negative experiences that you faced. Uh, so we can, again, those stories are help verbalizing those stories mm -hmm. however you verbalize them help us to start us on uh the healing process and we're all in this together yeah right so it's just a reminder that whoever's listening whoever's out there like we're walking this with you yeah you're not alone we're, yeah we're not you know uh doesn't matter what our credentials may be <laughs> <laughs> we're all uh we're all walking this uh this path together Nobody, nobody's got it fully figured out, nope. at least from what I've seen. <laughs> so until next time. Smile more. And worry less.